Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast, where we only talk sports. I'm your host, Will Gardner. I'm excited I went to rehab, and now I'm fired up again. And I'm ready to bring the smoke and heat. That, that old smoke, he needs to retire, dude. Just get the f- out of the league. Thank you. I am blessed to be on this podcast. Welcome to the Just Sports Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Just Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will Gardner, and today we are back with episode 46. Wow, 46. That is incredible. Today, I'm joined by the one and only... The man they call Big Country, Charlie Grace. Charlie, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling great. Another day. Another day to be alive. Another podcast day. Nothing to complain about. Life's going great. Life is good, as Drake and Future said. Charlie, uh, the question all the fans are asking in the DMs, you know, does mm-hmm. Big Country prefer Skittles or M&M's? Skittles suck. Oh, ride the chocolate, ride the M&M's, the, the M squared, so much better. Skittles are just bland with sugar. M&M's is actually something. I mean, M&M's are nothing to peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's are top tier M&M's, will always be. Nothing will top peanut M&M's besides maybe Reese's. That's the only candy that can top peanut M&M's. Peanut M&M's. Our number one candy, though, of all time. Have you have you had caramel M and M's? Caramel M and M's are honestly they sound great, they sound great, but they're they're low key overrated because mm. I just I love caramel, love chocolate. Caramel M and M's are just, in my opinion, not that good. I think honestly, I think peanut M and M's are better than caramel ones, but then peanut just top them just because they have that crunch that you want in a cho- like a candy chocolate. Okay, you heard it here first on the JSP. Skittles are trash. Peanut M&Ms are the way to go. Yep. Thank you, Charlie. But yeah, episode 46. We've got a couple of things to get through, but I want I want all of you to be on the lookout because this weekend we may have our first in-person video slash podcast ooh. coming out. Yes, yes. Ooh, Very ooh, exciting. Ooh, ooh. Get hype. Get hype. So be on the lookout for that. You know, Keep your eyes open. Be scanning YouTube. Be scanning the Instagram every once in a while. You never know when we might drop it. Let's get let's let's jump right into our news segment here, Charlie. We're gonna split it up this time because there are a lot of news going on right now. Kevin Cash, Tampa Bay Rays manager, and Gabe Kepler, San Francisco Giants manager, both took home respective league manager of the year. Congratulations. More MLB awards. Randy Rosarena from the Tampa Bay Rays wins. Rookie of the Year, AL Rookie of the Year. Some of you may be asking, well, wasn't he a rookie last year? Yes and no. He was. Mm -hmm. It was his first season in MLB. But according to, I'm not entirely sure what exactly the rules are, but according to the the MLB. The MLB Rookie of the Year rules always confuse me. They are a little confusing. How, like, you know, when you get signed up and all that stuff, it's just, you know. Right. It's, It's hard to tell, but. He was fantastic this year for sure. 
And Jonathan India and the Cincinnati Reds took home NL Rookie of the Year. Cy Young's also came out. Robbie Ray, that you know, that jacked pitcher, he's an absolute beast. I think he has a mullet even out there for the Toronto Blue Jays. Took home AL Cy Young. And NL Cy Young was brought home by Milwaukee Brewers Corbin Burns, who was absolutely phenomenal this year. And the big one, MVP, just came out tonight. The AL MVP is pretty obvious. It's Showtime, Shohei Otani. Too high. He's too good. I mean, just dominated both sides of the baseball, pitching and hitting. It was truly incredible to see. And the NL MVP was Bryce Harper, who gets hated on a lot, which may be valid, may be valid. But he's a phenomenal player. He had an incredible season this year for the Phillies. So I, I have a lot of respect for what Bryce Harper did this season for Philadelphia. The Baltimore Ravens released Le'Veon Bell from their team. He was signed for, what, about two, three weeks? Didn't do much of anything. He hasn't done much of anything in the last three years since he left Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell, now a free agent. The Angels, who are in desperate need of some pitching help, sign Noah Syndergaard to a one-year, I believe, $20 million contract. That's a lot of money to be paying a guy who's going to be riding the IL. Syndergaard has been battling injuries for the last two, three years. We will have to wait and see if he can finally sustain and play through an entire long, grueling MLB season. Paolo Banchero, if I pronounced that correctly, the rising Duke star charged with an aiding DWI. See what happens. He will definitely miss some time on the court. So that one was sure. uh, wasn't he in the car with Coach K's grandson or something like that? I believe so, Charlie. I'm not. I'm not 100 sure. I just you know saw the headline. Yeah, I was. I was just a little, little thrown off by that. It was kind of similar to like you know the Xavier Simpson situation ago. Situation a few years ago. Yeah. Blue Jays re-sign Jose Barrios. Barrios is one of my favorite pitchers to watch. I think he's absolutely phenomenal. I thought he was phenomenal when he was with Minnesota, and he was great this year for Toronto. He re-signs. If the Blue Jays can re-sign Robbie Ray as well, the Blue Jays might be my pick to win the World Series next year, I'm going to be honest. They are so good, so good. But that's a conversation for another time. Virginia Tech. Fires head coach Justin Fuente, who had a losing record in his time there. Virginia Tech, a very storied, uh, prestigious football program. They definitely expect more. Not, 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 not good for Jack Bardis' uncle. No, Jack Bardis' uncle. He, he is the what coach is he there? Special teams or like I think it's D line. I'm pretty sure. D line, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so as, as we're was, talking wait, was, about, wait, was he fired? Oh, Jack's uncle. Yeah. Hopefully not. Because sometimes they fire the whole system, you know. Ho- yeah, hopefully true. not, of course. Hopefully, hopefully not. not. Prayers up for Jackson, uncle. Yes. So as we're talking about D-line, Chase Young tears his ACL, which just hurts the Washington football team even more. As they, I mean, they beat the Bucks last week, but it's just 18, been a yeah. tough season so far for them. And that just really hurts their chances of doing much this season, losing a piece like Chase Young. And... The Tigers side, Eduardo Rodriguez. And this is a I huge like it. Push. I like it. It's a huge push. I love it. I mean, a lot of people 
sees ERA and they might think, man, this isn't like a great sign, but he had a actually a really good season. I mean, he's much better than his ERA. Yeah, you can't just yeah. look at an ERA and that that can't just define. Even though it's you know kind of what people look at and have been looking at, it doesn't really just define a pitcher. And um, he's been able to do actually had a pretty good season on the Red Sox last year, and it just proves that the Tigers might be making a push for Carlos Correa. Mm, yeah. I I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. And in other ACLs, Robert Woods tore his ACL, and it was in practice too. You really hate to see an injury like that rest of the season, ACL in practice. Just goes, you know, it's not something that that probably I mean, not could be prevented, but just sad to see it happen in a practice situation, especially. And also with the Rams, signed OBJ. We saw him Monday night. Didn't do a lot, but the Rams also looked pretty bad Monday night in offense. Stafford just did not look like a good quarterback, looked like more like Jared Goff. So that was a rough night for the Rams. But they're really going all in. And if the Rams want to win a Super Bowl, it's pretty much this year and never. And other signings, Cam Newton signed with the Panthers. And he might be starting this week which is very impressive, yeah. looking to get rid of Sam Darnold already. It's kind of funny because he looked good at the beginning of the year, but Cam Newton could be starting again for the Panthers. Could see Cam Newton and CMC together in the backfield. Ooh. That could be exciting, yeah. And now the big one, the juicy yes. one. Big Tuck. <sighs> Bell Tucker signed a 95-10 year contract. I'm just going to say, you love to see it. Absolutely love to see as a state fan. Michigan fans can never get a coach of this caliber. Can I can I say something? Yes. To all you Michigan fans out there, I was at game day. I saw your signs, your stupid little signs saying Tuck leaving, Tuck Tuck going to LSU. Showed off. We started chanting LSU. Get out of here. Tuck is coming, baby. He is staying in East Lansing. And guess what? Guess what, Michigan fans? You are not winning another game against Michigan State. As long as he is there. You have to All go 0-10 right. in the next 0-10. Because Tuck is that guy. And Tuck is coming. He's coming, baby. You know what's a funny note about this? One of the donors, it's Matt Ishbia mm-hmm. and Steve St. Andre are the two donors. Steve St. Andre, his son I actually went to middle school with for a little bit. At oh, really? My old middle school. Wow. And it's funny. I used to, I used to play basketball. He was my old basketball coach. Back oh at a, went to his, his very gorgeous house, played basketball <laughs> at his house before. He is a great dude, really, really, not as many people are talking about him. Ishbi is a little more known, but Steve St. Andre, great dude. Um, and you love to see it, especially for the community. You do love to see it. It's a great time to be a Spartan. It's always a great time to be a Spartan, Charlie. Yep. And even now, more so than ever thank you charlie now we're gonna jump in to our nfl midseason awards i know guys i know it's a little bit past midseason the nfl yeah it's still it's it's, it's like close me. it's close it's a little past it's a little but, past you know, with with buys you got it you got to give a little time to right right it's okay so we're gonna give our nfl midseason awards here we got okay. defensive rookie of the year offensive rookie of the year defensive player of the year offensive player of the year and the most coveted award MVP, big country, lead us off with Defensive Rookie of the Year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, I'm taking Micah Parsons. 
just because I really don't see anyone else even close to him in this category. He's been dominant, um, very good on the Cowboys, but a very good linebacker. He's, I think he has how many tackles for loss? I think he has 11 tackles for loss, which is like the fifth most in the NFL right now. He's also been just very, very efficient. Been, uh, in my opinion, easily the best defensive rookie of the year. Charlie, you're a smart man because I agree with you. Defensive Rookie of the Year so far has been Micah Parsons. I mean, obviously his stats are unbelievable. But the thing that impresses me the most is his ability to play anywhere on the football field. Mm -hmm. It's truly something you do not see very often, especially in the NFL. Because each position is so complex and so difficult to play well at. And yet Micah Parsons says, I can play three to four different positions on the field and be really good at all of them. Honestly, he might be the, he might be the Cowboys' best defensive end, and he might be their best linebacker. Well, he is their best linebacker. He might be mm-hmm. their best pass rusher as well. And honestly, he might be one of their best coverage guys too. He is He's kind of like Isaiah Simmons. Insane. He's like a better Isaiah Simmons. He's like, he's like, he's like a bigger, pretty much, Isaiah Simmons. Bigger. Just better overall. I mean, I like Isaiah Simmons, but what Micah Parsons has done. And, I mean, no better team than the Cowboys to go to. You know, whether that rape case was true or not, you know, no better team to get that hidden up and have a great career <laughs> than the Cowboys. Absolutely, Charlie. Offensive Rookie of the Year. I think also, I sh- also, wait, before we go on, I'm pretty sure okay. I called Micah Parsons Defensive Rookie of the Year, by the way. At the beginning of the year? Let me pull. Let me pull that up real quick. No, no. On the Instagram, we only did offensive rookie of the year, like uh, uh, thing. Well, but I'm pretty sure I like you. We didn't do the category, but I said Micah Parsons. I, I believe we'll it. run it back. We'll play. It we'll back. run it back for sure. For sure. I think I should go first for offensive rookie of the year because mm-hmm. this is going to be a heartfelt message here. My offensive rookie of the year so far. Pains me to say it because oh, no. I was so critical of this player. I ranted about this player. I insulted this player. You a did bit. a lot. A, a little bit. And I apologize because right now I'm scared of this player. I'm scared of what he's becoming. My offensive rookie of the year, I say this with a heavy heart, is Mac Jones. The New England Patriots. He's been so. I still good. remember Will saying, "I do not want my Steelers to draft Matt Jones. Ben Roethlisberger is fine. Matt Jones is horrible. Matt Jones is the fat dad." Even though Big Ben is your quarterback, <laughs> I think Mac Jones is a much more athletic piece than Big Ben. Maybe, maybe I, I would still take Prime Big Ben in, in terms of athletic. Yeah, Prime Big Ben, maybe. This is about Mac Jones, Charlie. Listen here. When I look at Mac Jones, I get I get flashbacks. I have PTSD, Charlie, because whenever I look at Mac Jones, I just see Tom Brady. And it's so bad because honestly, when Tom Brady was yeah. in New England, I hated that guy. Because he he just won, you know? He won everything. And the way he did it was so clinical, was so, he dissected the defenses. It wasn't these highlight plays, he just made the right reads. 
He just made accurate pinpoint throws on every throw. He didn't have the best arm strength, but he had the best accuracy. That is what I'm seeing from Mac Jones. Going back, especially in this game against Cleveland last week, watching all of his throws from that game, they were truly unbelievable, some of the throws he were making. They were just so accurate in the perfect spot. I mean, you, it's amazing what he's doing. I will say this, though. I still think Justin Fields, 10 years down the road, is the better quarterback. I just think Justin Fields brings that extra aspect to the game that Mac Jones doesn't. But I think Mac Jones and the New England Patriots will win a Super Bowl in the next 10 to 12 years, for sure. That's fair. For sure. So my offensive rookie of the year has got to be Mac Jones at this point. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with you that he's easily been the best quarterback, but there's someone else. There is somebody else. I mean, there's potentially even two people. And first, I'm going to go with Najee Harris. He's not mm. my pick, but Najee Harris has you know, instantly filled the role of being, um, I wouldn't say top five, but top ten running back, which is a very hard position. Probably, in my opinion, the hardest to be one of the top in. And he's just been very good. Fit the Pittsburgh, you know, role very well. Came in, has been able to produce extremely well for them. However, I'm taking a different offensive side. Not a quarterback. Jamar Chase. Mm, Another player I was pretty clinical and critical about going into the season. Yeah, I mean, he's actually pretty similar to Justin Jefferson. I mean, mm-hmm. he's fifth in the league in uh, uh, receiving yards and touchdowns. And he's and he, first, he's already had a bye, and he's 27th in receptions. So he's by far the most efficient, you know, top wide receiver. He's been doing it with only 44 receptions and, you know, one less game than some of the players ahead of him, like Tyreek Hill and Cooper Cup. So I'm saying this, he could potentially end up being, you know, top three or four in yards and touchdowns, which is absurd for a rookie. And on a Bengals team that, I mean, many thought would be good, but they came out firing, have been a little rough these past few weeks. But still, an offense has been great behind uh, him and, you know, T. Higgins as well. So, um, but, yeah, Jamar Chase, super, super talented. And that's my rookie of the year so far, offensive. Yeah, I have to agree. He's been tremendous. Defensive player of the year. Listen here, as Stephen A. would say... Are we both sticking with our picks? I'm sticking with my pick, absolutely. I'm sticking with my pick, too. As Stephen A. would say, he's the best in the game. Whoa, no. He doesn't miss. He doesn't miss. He's the best in the game. He's the best at his position. He's the best on his side of the football. It's T.J. Watts. It's T.J. Watt, guys. I've been preaching this. I've been praising this guy for three years. And I'm telling you, he should already have two Defensive Player of the Year awards on his mantle. He's going for his third. In my mind, this is his third. But in reality, it would be his first. He's gotten robbed. He's gotten absolutely robbed. He's suffered injuries so far this season. He's banged up again this week. And yet, he still has 12 and a half sacks and three forced fumbles. You cannot block this guy. He is unbelievably good. Unbelievably good. And honestly, you could debate Miles Garrett, but to me, there's no debate. 
that TJ Watt is defensive player of the year? I mean, that's the thing. You just got to look at I mean, he's number two, though. That's the problem. Number one, the freak, Miles Garrett, is by far right now. I mean, yeah, I mean, not by far. TJ Watt has been playing extremely well, and he's extremely talented as well. But, I mean, sleepless Miles Miles Garrett might be the scariest human being on earth. He is just absolute freaking nature. He's leading the lead in sacks, 13, and tackles for a loss with 13. The, and, by the way, 13 sacks was the most of his career. So the years he got, I think, like 12 or like 13 sacks as well, like years past, he made Pro Bowls and was one of the top, you know, picks defensive that year as well. So, I mean, if he continues his pace, that'd be an absurd amount of sacks. He's playing out of his mind. Love Miles Garrett. I mean, no one can stop him as well either, though. I just don't know, Trevor. I just don't know. I don't know if we can rob TJ Watt of another defense player of the year. It's not going to be a rob. It's so cruel. It's better, so though. foul. It's so foul, Charlie. It's not a rob. It's TJ Watt is too. Highway robbery. It's like stealing candy from a. Well, no. Not stealing candy from a baby because he deserves it. Offensive right. player of the year. Cooper Cup from the Los Angeles Rams has my vote for offensive player of the year. At yeah, the I, don't, I don't feel like there's much of a debate for this. There's one. not. There's not. He's gone berserk this season. Who, who in their right mind would have at the beginning of the season said Cooper Cup would be offensive player of the year? Well, like, I, I still stand with the fact that I think if Derrick Henry still healthy, he would have won it. I agree. I agree. But without Derrick Henry, there's like no other option really in my eyes. I mean, he's been so good. So good. And he's a pain. He's a pain to play against in fantasy. But he's been absolutely tremendous. Charlie, I'm guessing you have Cup as well. Yeah, I have Cup as well. Absolutely same thing. He's really been one of the reasons the Rams have been able to be so good this year. He's just been Stafford's guy. And I was watching him one night. He's open, like, every play somehow. Still, no one's guarding him. Super impressive. Great, uh, great. Just, just been all around great this year. And I'm looking back. And we both would have had very ba- valid offensive player of the year. So you had Kyler Murray. Mm-hmm. I had Derrick Henry. Yeah. Without injuries, I still think one of them probably would have won it. Those are valid. Those are valid. And MVP. We both agree on Charlie. Give us both. Well, give both of our MVPs here. Oh, Tom Brady. I mean, even though he's not leading the league in yards, he's only a little behind Stafford and Mahomes. I mean, you know, with buys, you can't really look at everything. He's just been he's just been so good. I mean, he's just been like he has a one hundred six Q rating. And he's just been like, he's just been like dominant this year. I mean, it's so. I mean, he hasn't been like dominant, but he's just been just like sneakily so good that you just almost like you're just like, how is he still like forty? What like three and still putting up? Yeah, like top numbers in the league. I mean, yeah, you look at last week's loss. That's not great, but it's so weird. Like bad quarterbacks, if people are saying, are Tom Brady's kryptonite, but. As long as he makes it to the playoffs, he's going to be playing good quarterbacks, good teams, and and I 
potentially see this box team making it to the championship Super Bowl. For sure, for sure. Tom Brady, the ageless wonder. He's great. He's great. Now is for big country's favorite segment of the entire show. Hold up. It is college game day with Wilbur and Big Country here on the Just Sports Podcast. Charlie, I hear you getting hype over there. So let's jump into arguably the biggest game of the week, Big Country from the horseshoe, the battle for the Big Ten East. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna start off by saying Michigan State. Um, is it okay if I do my? I mean, is it okay if I do my super dog pick now? Yeah, 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 yeah. Go, go. Because for your super this kind of leads me into it. They are a 19 point underdog. 19 and a half. Are you kidding me? I mean, unless Michigan State goes in there with their freaking heads in their ass. There's zero way they lose this game by more than 20 points. Just blows my mind how they're both top, I mean, not even 10, top seven teams. And Ohio State has, I mean, yeah, they killed Purdue. But they haven't been, like, absurdly dominant outside that Purdue game. And so I don't see this Ohio State team as, like, oh, God, fearly. I think they're going to go in just thinking about Michigan. They think they already have this game. I think State will at least shock them and, Make this way closer than a 19 and a half. So I'm even taking the state money line here. I got state in this game going to Ohio State. I think Ohio State is going to be sleeping on them. You know, just how like Michigan kind of slept on state a little bit. I think state's just going to be able to totally shock them. I see Kenneth going for another huge game. However, I see Peyton Thorne going for a huge game as well. I mean, last week, uh, Kenneth was a little banged up, so they didn't run the ball as much especially in the first half, you know, and I actually like the way the the passing game was. I think Peyton Thorne was playing well. Jaden Reed was playing very well. And hopefully, um, I don't know, Naylor's status, but if we can get Naylor back, I mean, that offense is very, very good. Well, I'll give you my super dog. Penn State plus 17 over Rutgers. Penn State perhaps in a trap game here, lost to Michigan last week. At home, they lost to Michigan, which is rough. They might be looking ahead because next week they are playing the Spartans. Mm -hmm. Rutgers is a solid football team. I would say Rutgers is a solid football team. I respect a lot of what they've done out there. They have risen from a poverty program to a middle-of-the-pack program. I really respect it. I think Mm -hmm. plus 17... And I believe this game is at Rutgers. I could be wrong. I believe it's at Rutgers. Rutgers at home. I think they will cover the 17 mm-hmm. points. But to bring us back to the Michigan State-Ohio State team, I mean game. Charlie, you know how much I love Michigan State. Yeah. Actually, I love it. It's my favorite. I mean, obviously my favorite college. And I love Mel Tucker and I love Kenneth. But I, I, I got to be honest, this Ohio State team is scary good. I think, yeah, I honestly think out of all the teams in the country, they could put up the best fight against Georgia. This Ohio State team is very, very good. And they have one loss. So, sure, they could be overlooking us. 
but I really don't think they're going to be. I really don't. They know that another loss, in theory, ends their college football playoff hopes. I think Ryan Day is going to have his team ready. I think Mel Tucker is going to have his team ready as well. The problem for me, though, is C.J. Stroud in that wide receiver core for Ohio State. C.J. Stroud has been so unbelievably good since that Oregon game. He's been absolutely tremendous. And honestly, I think C.J. Stroud could win the Heisman. He's been that good. And we don't even have to mention that Ohio State has the best receiving core in the entire country. And you take yeah, a look I mean, at Michigan State's secondary. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, I think I think they're going to destroy Michigan State's secondary. But to me, this is, I mean, Ohio State has just been, like, extremely, extremely dominant in years past. And, yeah, I mean, they've had some dominant games. But to me, th- th- I'm, not, I'm not as scared as this Ohio State team as maybe last year or a couple of years ago just because, they they just haven't looked like they've had a few slip up games, and I think it could be a slip up game, and the Spartan dogs come in there and take it to them. I can definitely see that. For me, the only way, the only ways that Michigan State wins this game, Kenneth Walker, four plus touchdowns. It's very similar to what he did against yeah, Michigan. They or, need that. Or Peyton Thorn. Or Peyton Thorn. Yes. Passing yards. They need one of their offensive key players, Reed, Thorne, or Walker, to absolutely go off and have the best their best game of the season. And they also can't let what happened against Michigan get down early because it's not right. going to be able to come back away against Ohio State. And here's another one. They need to force turnovers. We know, we know that Ohio State is going to put up a ton of points. Ohio State's going to put up 35-plus. However, if we can force one or two turnovers, or maybe even more, we have a really good shot of winning this game. We need turnovers, because if we don't force turnovers, their, de- their offense is going to walk all over our defense. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth. And we, our offense is high-powered, yes. But I really don't think, if we don't force any turnovers or make any big special teams plays, I don't think our offense can keep up with theirs. I'm going to be completely honest. So. Yeah. I am taking Ohio State in this game. I think Kenneth will go off. I think Peyton Thorne will play well. I just, I just don't see our secondary being able to make big stops when we need them to. Or I mean, they only have to make a couple stops in this game. I don't really see that happening. So I have Ohio State winning by a touchdown or two. I, I, just, I think this Ohio State team is really, really good. Yeah. We'll move, we got, yeah, we'll move on. Oregon at Utah, which is actually a really big game. ESPN actually mm-hmm. is favoring Utah in this one. And a loss here for Oregon, they're not making the college football playoff. They need yeah. to win out. They need to win out for sure. But Charlie, I see us both taking Oregon in this game. Big country. What's up with that? Well, I mean, a lot of people are taking Ohio State, and I can 100% see Ohio State winning this. But Ohio State's like the favorites. So you mean this, Utah? Oh, God. What am I? Yeah, Utah. Utah's the you're favorite good, in good. this game. And I feel like as number three team in the country, that's really got to put a chip on your shoulder going to a team like that. And, you know, a team that's you know you're better than because you're ranked way higher than you beat 
team like Ohio State, and you have those things, and then, you know, people are still thinking you're going to lose this game. I feel like that totally puts a chip on Oregon's shoulder. I think Oregon's a better team. I think Utah will test them, but I got Oregon in this game. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. I agree. Give me Oregon. Arkansas at Bama. Not a lot of hype around this game, and I understand. I think Bama dominates. Maybe not dominates. I would, I would say they win by at least 20, though. And Bama is very good. Not as good, though. They, they definitely have flaws. They're definitely beatable. But I don't think Arkansas has any chance going into Tuscaloosa to win this game. Give me Bama. Yeah, I'm taking Bama here as well. Bama's been just, I mean, not great, but it's Arkansas. I think this will be a blowout by Bama, in my opinion. Wake Forest at Clemson. Clemson's season has just gone downhill, but they are 7-2, and two, so not terrible. Or 7-8-2, and eight and two, their, their record isn't terrible. But Wake Forest, one loss on the season. I don't think Wake Forest is as good as their ranking may imply. However, I think Wake Forest wins this game. Clemson's defense has not been all that. Wake, Forest, all, Wake Forest's offense has been all that. So give me Wake Forest and Clemson. I mean, this has been a season to forget. With a loss to Wake Forest, they will hope that this season ends Saturday night because it's, it's rough out there in Death Valley right now, Charlie. It's rough, and um, I mean, honestly, I think this is a would be huge for Clemson if they win this. I think they really need this just to have a little, you know, joy and hope for you know next year. And but I'm taking a Wake Forest just because how good their offense has been. They, I mean, the past few weeks they put up like over a hundred points, I think, in total. And I mean, their defense has not been very good. But if their offense is just working any way, I think they'll be able to run up a score against Clemson. All right. Iowa State at Oklahoma. Oklahoma lost to Baylor last week, which honestly wasn't surprising because Oklahoma is not that good, guys. They're not that good. Caleb Williams is a solid quarterback. He's better than Rattler. But their defense is bad. And I mean, they're just they're just not that great. However, Iowa State has not lived up to the hype. Personally, I thought Iowa State was gonna be really good this year. I, I did. And they've been not so good. So I'm taking Oklahoma and this one to bounce back after they lost to Baylor. Big country. I think we're in agreement on this one. Yeah, I'm taking Oklahoma as well. Yeah, I I, I mean, a couple weeks ago, Caleb Williams was in the race for the Heisman candidate? Like, what? Made no sense to me. I mean, yeah, he's a good quarterback, but I mean, Oklahoma always looks way better than they are every single year. To me, they're like they're like the opposite of Notre Dame, but in the same sense. I mean, I'm a Notre Dame fan. Love, love the Irish. Great school, but they always look really good during the regular season, and then they have to play Alabama or Ohio State or Georgia, or Clemson, and then they just get rolled in the playoff. But the difference is Ohio State has no defense, only an offense, whereas Notre Dame's, you know, has usually decent on both sides, even better on defense, I would say. Yeah, but, I 100% agree. 
But I, I'm still going to take Oklahoma here to bounce back at home. You need this game if you're Oklahoma. Absolutely. SMU at Cincinnati. It's our last oh, game. Well. This is incredibly interesting. And Charlie, I know what you're talking about. Cincinnati. Oh, talking all this and all that. They're, they're jabbing and jabbing about being a playoff team. No, you're not, Cincinnati. Sit down. You're not Whoa. a playoff team. SMU Whoa. coming into your house this weekend, and they're smacking you across the face. They're saying, you're not even the best team in the American Conference. Get out of here. Cincinnati loses this game, and they drop out of the top eight in the rankings. SMU pulls off the upset against Luke Fickle and the Cincinnati Bearcats. I'm calling it. Cincinnati is already looking ahead. There's no way that they're not looking ahead to, you know, the playoff rankings and what's happening to other teams and where they're ranked and, you know, will they make it to the playoff? And guess what? They're not even going to see SMU creeping up behind them to put a knife in their back. Give me the SMU Mustangs to beat Cincinnati. That's tough, but I'm, I'm, I like this Cincinnati team. I don't care what you say. I know they haven't been great recently, but this is the moment they've been waiting for. This is the game where people are actually going to be watching them because they're going to see, okay, can you beat a good team? I mean, this isn't a great SMU team. Yeah, they already beat Notre Dame, but people just want to look over that because they want to put Cincy down. And so they're, going to, they're really going to be looking at this game, and I think Cincy is going to be able to prove them in this game. They've been waiting for this game. To me, this, this is the game Cincy's been waiting for. I'm taking yeah, Cincy. But Notre Dame this, Notre Dame that. Notre Dame is not a very good football team. All right, all right. First six weeks of the year, Notre Dame was not a good football team. They've turned it on second half of the season. I think Notre Dame is a top ten team. Second half of the season, first half, did not deserve any credit. But, I mean, the college football can't keep ranking Notre Dame, you know, I mean, eight, nine, and then say Cincy is not a legit football team if they go undefeated. I think since he goes undefeated, they deserve every right to make it in. I mean, they beat Notre They scheduled Notre Dame and Indiana. It's not their fault Indiana sucked this year. They still beat them, and they beat Notre Dame at Notre Dame. I want Cincy in the playoff. Wow. No way. No way. I think, I, honestly, even if Cincinnati wins out, I see yeah, a scenario I mean, where they, they don't they make the playoffs. They get blown by Georgia. Georgia would rock them oh my goodness georgia would win by joy just the joy seeing a team like cincinnati in the playoff that would be just so nice i mean that that's that's what leads me to think about 12 team playoff well imagine 12 team imagine Uh, no i'm thinking eight eight for sure 12 team playoff imagine going to michigan state going to spartan stadium and going to a home playoff game Oh my god! Chills, Charlie. I'm getting that, chills. That that would be probably one of the best experience of a lifetime, right there. I, I think they are going to expand it. I think they're definitely going to expand it to at least eight. I Hopefully like twelve more. because then that that gives the opportunity for um, another round, and you know teams that probably wouldn't make it in. You know, so those top four teams get a buy compared to the other teams. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Charlie. Ohio State just lost to Xavier in basketball. Oh, no. see, and that was what your pick of the your yeah sleeper team. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever. 
Charlie, here's the scenario for you. I, I can totally see this happening. A scenario where Cincinnati goes 12-0 and and doesn't make the playoff. Yeah, I can see that happening. This, this happens. You know, you have Georgia. If Al, I think if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, both those teams will be. Yeah, hundred percent. I so think you got even those if Georgia two. beats Bama and it's close, Bama makes it in. Not over and undefeated Cincinnati, I don't think. Yeah, and I mean that would just be so unfair to put a two-loss Bama over an undefeated Cincinnati. I think that would be extremely unfair. But, but one loss Bama gets in for sure. But oh, yeah, Oregon, so if Oregon wins out. They're yeah, in. They, they and Ohio in. State Ohio wins State out. Wins they're out. In. Yeah. So. And but I so I mean, I don't go. think Oregon will win out, and I think, I mean, I think there's gonna be, I mean, it's probably gonna be Ohio State, but if not Ohio State, there's probably gonna be a Big Ten team in the playoff between Michigan State, Michigan, and Ohio State. So yeah. I'm assuming one of those three, at least an SEC team, and then probably Bama. So if to me, you're looking for an Oregon loss. I would love to see Bama not make the playoff. I'm yes, I mean, so I think, or you're looking for Georgia to blow out Bama. Because I think if that game's, like, within five, I mean, even, like, ten points, maybe not ten, but, like, five points, I think they put Bama in. But if it's a blowout, there's no way they can put Bama in. Zero way. Absolutely. And we would love to see that. We'd love to see that. That's all we've got for today, Charlie. Mm-hmm. This has been episode 46 of the Just Words Podcast. Like I said... Be on the lookout for a in-person podcast, perhaps Saturday Ooh. night at Big Country's crib. Maybe wait, wait, we'll wait, see. Wait. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. It's on the horizon, perhaps. On the Charlie, clock. on the clock. Yes, Charlie. Thank you for being on the show with me today. Thank you for having me. Anytime. It's always a pleasure with you, Big Country. Always a pleasure. Same. Make sure you go follow us. Oh, thank you. Make sure you go follow us on the Instagram at Just Sports Pod. Make sure you follow us on the TikTok. We're going viral on TikTok. Viral. viral. We actually get a lot of views. One of our TikTok, one of our TikToks got 48k views. It's pretty wow. nice. Make sure you follow us on TikTok and be one of those views. Be part of the trend. JSP's trending up, so be be a part of it. Follow us on Twitter. Oh yeah, here's an announcement for you guys. The Just Sports Podcast is proud to announce that we have signed NFL analyst Roz Shaw. What up, To the crew. He runs that Twitter. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. He's, I, I actually really love what he's doing on the Twitter. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. So make sure you follow that. And we'll also, definitely get him on a podcast soon. Saturday. Look out. We got some college basketball coming your way. Ooh. A little, little, little new segment. Won't reveal it just yet. And we got our NFL picks probably coming. Look forward to Saturday. Should should be fire. It should be fire, yeah. Thank you all for listening. This has been episode 46 of the Just Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Will, signing off. <laughs>